You're listening to Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World with Father Anthony Mesa, where we explore ways to encourage and equip the local Orthodox Church. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to this month's edition of, of the Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World podcast. And this month we have something very special for our listeners. On this episode, I'm not the one who is being interviewed, but I'm actually going to be the one who's doing the interview. We have a special guest with us this month, um, and the guest is someone who I met um, just a few weeks back. His name is John, and John was an attendee at the first ever STSA Open House. And if you've been um, following this this podcast, you heard us speak quite a bit about the Open House. And after uh, the weekend, uh, we learned so much and we experienced so much good stuff there. I wanted to invite someone who attended the weekend to kind of share their experience. So, John, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Hi, Father Anthony. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, and thank you very much for the for the open house. Uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure to be there. I'm very happy to share my experiences with everyone today. So I invited John to join us. Um, to share about his experience, as I said, at the open house and basically what he was able to take away from it. And for those who are new to the podcast, the open house was an event that we hosted um, at STSA on Labor Day weekend. It was the first time we ever did it, but our hope is to make it like a yearly event. Um, that event and actually this podcast as well are, are all part of the launch of a new initiative that we are just kicking off, which is called STSA Ministries. And again, for those who haven't been uh, following us on the podcast, um, the idea behind STSA Ministries is this, is that we've gotten so many questions um, over the past several years, but really over the past you know, two or three, um, the, the volume has, has increased. And it's people just asking us questions about how uh, we do things at STSA, both asking myself or our staff members, you know, how do you guys run Sunday school? Um, you know, you guys do these groups, like tell us about those things. How do you create the culture of evangelism and inviting people? You know, what's it like to pray the, the liturgy entirely in English? And, and basically, we found ourselves answering the same questions over and over and over. And you guys, if you know me, you know, I'm all about being efficient and, and effective. So we felt like we, we were not, number one, it was, it was consuming a lot of our time. And in addition, number two, it wasn't the most effective way to communicate the information. And thus, STSA Ministries was born. All right. And we say that the, the mission of STSA Church is to bring an ancient faith to the modern world. Well, the mission of STSA Ministries is to help you bring an ancient faith to your modern world as well. So we're working on creating a website with all kinds of resources where people can download everything for free. Okay. All stuff that we do at our church and not telling you how to do things at your church, but but simply sharing what it is that we do. And that was kind of the, 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 the mindset behind the open house on Labor Day weekend. We opened the doors of our church, invited anyone who wanted to come. We had people come from all over the states, people from Canada. One guy from uh, across the pond came from the United Kingdom. And, and people were coming just to ask questions, to take notes, to see how we do things. Um, and John was one of those guests. So I'll, I'll let John talk more about why he came and what he learned. Um, so, so John, maybe you can start us off here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your role um, in your church. Yeah, so um, I come from a, a young church uh, in North Carolina. We've, um, we've been praying for two and a half years now. Uh, and we, our mission 
from the start was to serve the local community. Um, so we, we do pray in all English. Um, and, you know, since we started, I've been trying to, and all of us have been working to uh, do some research and to see uh, what's, what's the best way to serve um, uh, the local community. Uh, and I met with a priest from uh, Antiochian church and I've um, talked to other uh, priests uh, in the Northeast, um, right? And it, they all seemed very excited uh, about the idea of, of serving the local community, just to make sure that we as an Orthodox church, we're, you know, we're serving them. Uh, <clears throat> so I was one of those people actually that tried to reach out to STSA and I actually sent an email back in November uh, of last year. Um, and I got a response saying pretty much, you know, Father Anthony's too busy for you, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> okay, I understand the problem. Um, but uh, to my surprise, in uh, early August of this year, uh, somebody sent me an email from STSA saying, hey, we're going to do this open house. Um, I, I was very surprised that anybody was taking notes <laughs> mm -hmm. to begin with. So, so right off the bat, I'm like, that, that's great. Uh, I mean, that's just what we wanted. So I, I, um, I got two other people uh, from our church and, and the three of us came um, to get more information and just to, um, you know, help us. Um, equip our church to serve the local community. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's fantastic. I, I didn't know that, that, um, that story about the email, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that, that you saw, okay, you, you kind of, you know, showed the, uh, you an example right there about how it's not that we are too busy. It's just that we wanted to find a more effective way. So I'm really glad we did email you back. <laughs> makes this, <laughs> it makes the story much better. Okay. Um, and, and what you said there, John, I mean, you're speaking my language and I think you're speaking the language of everyone who is listening to this podcast, which is we don't want our churches to be just focused on the people within, but you know, to go beyond the walls because Christ didn't just come to focus as he said, on those who were inside um, his family, didn't just come to focus on the lost sheep of Israel, but all to the, all the entire world. Um, so you're speaking my language right there. So m maybe you could talk to us then about you know two or three of the of the major takeaways that you got from the open house weekend and and what you and your team walked back home with. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of great content. Um, I mean, we way too much um, to talk about so many things that we we got uh, from it um, uh, so thanks again to you and the staff for that um, so if I were to pick just a few of the the major ones uh, I think the thing that really stuck out for me was the purpose behind the model so it wasn't so much that you know we do things you know here's how we do things it's more so why we do things um, Right, and you mentioned Christ going after the lost sheep of uh, not only the lost sheep of Israel, but all of humanity and all of the the people um, that He wants to uh, bring into the into the sheepfold. Um, so that really that part really resonated with me. Um, uh, you know, the fact that Christ sees people as um, you know, are you are you lost? Are you found? Are you somebody already in the church who? you know, um, who, who already knows God, or are you somebody who's eager to see God and eager to know God and wants to learn more? Uh, so the, the point of making the church or ensuring that the church is a place where 
uh, a new person can come and find Christ, uh, find Christ, that, that really resonated with me. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a very, I want to say, very key understanding f- for our church and for any church is make sure people are welcome there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the first big one. The other, the second big one was uh, the idea of connectedness and uh, and groups, right? So we we learned about the model of STSA of, of having groups, um, and even you mentioned that uh, some things used to be called classes, depending on what it was. But you might have had classes, and you kind of changed from classes, which is very directive to groups, and it. It, it really highlighted for me the importance of the social aspect of the church and and connections. So you, you really drilled home the idea of connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one for me was very big, that somebody coming new to the church uh, needs to have these connections. And we within the church should have these connections. Um, and it... You know, we, we, we could do that. Groups is a way to do that. Uh, so it's not, you know, a directive, so much a directive class, but more of interactive kind of um, events. Uh, people can, can volunteer for them. Uh, so it, it's more empowering for the lay person who wants to, or the member who wants to be uh, involved in the service. It, it made that more accessible to them. When their heart is moved and they say, hey, I want to do something you know, the model makes it more accessible for mm-hmm. them to, to step up and, and participate. Uh, and so you have people kind of um, feel it was more empowering for the people and uh, something more that they can get excited about uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and feel empowered and have those connections. And it was kind of weird. I, I was very looking forward to, <laughs> after hearing the talk on connections, I wanted to come back home and just hang out with my friends uh, from church. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we got to have these connections. That's just, it's mm-hmm. important uh, for your spiritual life, for your spirit, for your mental health on, on so many levels um, Absolutely. to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh I had uh, one more thing, uh, and it's kind of around it, uh, around that the connections was diversity. Um, so I never really noticed the diversity in Christ's disciples, and and here I am. I've been in the Orthodox Church my whole life, but I've never really noticed the di- or don't think I've ever heard about the diversity of Christ's um, disciples. You know, mm-hmm. on one hand, we had a zealot who, mm-hmm. who wanted to revolt against the Romans. And on the other hand, we had Matthew, who was uh, a traitor to his own people um, and who sided with the Romans and collected taxes for them. And these two were supposed to get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I I don't think they would have ever spoken to each other um, outside of of Christ. But it was Jesus who brought them together Um uh, and, and how important it is for the church to to embrace diversity. Um, that was just, again, the the, the love of diversity uh, was something that I picked mm-hmm. up on, and it um, it was very refreshing. Yeah. Well, th- those are three. I, honestly, I, I don't know if I could have chosen three better takeaways that you got. So just to kind of recap those for our listeners here, first was about the importance of the connected. 
and the lost. And one of the things that we spent a, a, a long time discussing is about how God doesn't view people as good or bad or insiders or outsiders. There's only connected people and lost people. So that kind of drives everything we do. I love what you said about the social aspect um, and, and the groups, because actually one of the things that we kind of talk about is my experience as a priest, people don't leave the church because of beliefs. People usually believe, leave the church because of relationships or lack thereof. So absolutely investing in, in people, not just being connected to their heavenly father, but to their earthly brother and sister, it has to be a major part of every, every church that wants to, to keep its people inside. And then what you said about the end there about diversity, um, I loved what you said about how the disciples um, were, were all different and people who probably outside of Christ would have never connected with each other. And that's actually one of the things that I, I see when I look at the early church and I study the church in the first, second, third century, there was a class system in society that existed everywhere except within the church, because only in the church would you have a servant and his master worshiping side by side, hand in hand. Only place in society that was acceptable was the church. Only place in society that you would have someone say there is no male or female. You know, back then, absolutely there was male and female. The rules were different for them, but never inside the church. So our churches today, just like you said, they have to be places where, you know what? Democrats and Republicans can be hand in hand. That's a big deal for us as we approach elections here in outside the nation's capital. Redskins fans and Cowboys fans, okay, or whatever it may be in the church has to be the one place that unites us. So those are great takeaways. Uh, thanks for sharing those. Um, how about uh, this question? How about if there was anything that surprised you the most or if there was any like aha moments um, that you walked away with? Um, I had so many <laughs> moments. Um, you know, what didn't surprise me was was the the liturgy, the Orthodox liturgy, and I I was actually expecting to be surprised by it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it was a very traditional um, Orthodox liturgy, prayed in all English, um, and we pray in all English, uh, and maybe even more all English than in your church. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the only words Abuna says is uh, agios, holy, uh, mm -hmm. which is actually Greek, even not um, uh, not a Coptic. But Correct, correct. Yeah, but if I were to pick an aha moment, I, I really would say that, and it took me a while to put my finger on it when I was there. You know, I'm kind of thinking, you know, something's going on here, and I, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, and, it and it was just really how... Um, the service is alive. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like, why, why is it, why is it so alive here? And I, uh, and, and maybe you can give your thoughts on it. I, I mean, I, I really sense that, uh, again, the, the spirit of inclusion, the spirit of uh, welcoming uh, people who are new to Christ, uh, that spirit of empowerment, um, mm -hmm. You know, so many people want to serve in, in, in the churches uh, and the model, I guess they're just created an avenue for them to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of created this vibrancy of the church. So mm -hmm. so that really, that vibrancy really, uh, really st stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. And and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you said that, um, because one of the things that we 
you know, um, a major point of emphasis for us is something that a lot of people don't, it, it never shows up online on our YouTube pages or anything like that, which is the liturgical component um, of the church. And the reason why that's not online is because I, to me, the liturgy is a very, um, it's an intimate experience. Um, and it's kind of like a, a family moment. It's its not really something that um, I think conveys uh, online or anything like that. So um, we challenge our people to invest heavily in their liturgical worship by reading the readings in advance, by confessing regularly, by engaging in the worship. Um, and I believe when the people are participating, that's what gives that life to it. Um, and I myself have been... Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in, in, in a church where um, when I was younger, where I was very disconnected from the worship, where it was kind of like the priest and the deacons were doing their thing. I'm in the back just kind of doing my thing. And then we just kind of met at communion. And then so, um, yeah, that that model is is going to be difficult for um, for people to really engage in. So I'm I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised I'm um, not really surprised. A lot of people say what you say, um, but I'm I'm happy to hear that that's conveying. And I don't think we have any any. There's no magic to that. There's no secret sauce. Um, I I think it's more of a mindset that you know what the liturgy is for all of us together. It's not for the priest and for the deacon. It's not for those guys. That when I engage in the worship, um, you know the results will be as such. So, thank you for sharing that. Okay. Um, this this last question, I'm going to ask you to kind of think big, okay, and, and dream big. And I want you to look into your crystal ball and look towards the future of the church in America, okay? And as you look out and, and see kind of what's on the horizon and, and where the, the church in America is going, um, what do you look forward to most as you kind of peer ahead? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I would love to see Christianity and, and orthodoxy spread more through America. And when you talk to Americans about Christianity, uh, you always get a positive feedback. Mm -hmm. I think then, then, then the churches in America have succeeded if if almost all the time, yeah, they say, even if they're not believers, they say, yeah, those, those Christians, they're all right. You know, I, I went to this church and they were welcoming. Mm -hmm. um, they, they were um, inclusive. Like if we succeed in letting people understand God, you know, God loves us. God loves humanity. You and mm -hmm. I know that. We want everybody everybody else to know that that that's the purpose of the church to share that uh, to share that love that peace that joy that um, that that we feel when we have a relationship with God we want everybody to to feel that um, mm -hmm. and to have that peace and that joy so um, I, I mean that that's the goal to me is is everybody can um, can go to any church any church. And feel welcome, uh, you know. I and and further to that, um, unity among the churches, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not to say, you know, we we as the church we can't succeed in in the mission of um, of being that um, place where people see God. If we're uh, if 
fighting fighting amongst ourselves absolutely uh especially over like petty things uh right so i would love to see more unity um i would love to um to have the churches you know on on a very high level <laughs> mm-hmm. say hey these are the things we believe in we're all on the same page here um just come to a church like mm-hmm. you don't have to come to this one or come to that one because you know what you're going to meet jesus in, in all of them mm-hmm. uh and they're all going to be welcoming and um uh you know and and they'll all put us on a path to know christ um mm-hmm. so so that's the ideal state <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely and like i said you're you're speaking my language um and the what i get excited about when i hear you saying that is to know that it's not just you who's saying that but you know, th- there's a whole bunch of people in a, a, all across America who are saying, you know what, enough enough orthodoxy being the best kept secret in America. Okay, I remember I, I, I heard that when I was in, in seminary, one of our, um, our seminary professors said, orthodoxy is the best kept secret in America. And we were all like, yeah, you know, best kept secret. And then he's like, shame on us. Shame on us for keeping it a secret. Why, if you have if something so good, you know, it's time for us to unveil that secret and to spread the good news. And what I get excited about, you know, I hear you say that, is knowing that the hierarchy of our church has the same mission and the same vision, okay? That that we are all in agreement on on the need for the church to not just be contained within the four walls and see how we can bring this ancient faith to the modern world. And while there may be disagreement on the how, okay, and I, I think that's— you know, that's that's okay. We can have like a healthy discussion and a healthy disagreement. Again, we saw that with the disciples. Um, there can be some healthy disagreement, but we agree on the what, that enough is enough with keeping the church just for ourselves, that the church in North Carolina has to reach the North Carolinians, the Virginia Virginians. And, and that because of that, our churches aren't going to all look the same. Okay, some will minister to an immigrant community. Some will minister to an American community. Some will minister to a mixed. Like I said, North Carolina is different than Virginia, is different than New York, is different than Alabama, is different than Mississippi. We need our churches to all be united together, as you said, um, but each one bringing orthodoxy to their local community and speaking their local language, whatever that may be. So I'm with you on that one, John, and I appreciate you sharing that. Okay, uh, I'll kind of give you one chance here, John, if you had any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners, um, anything you'd like to to leave them with? Um, yeah, I think the last thing is kind of along the, the same note of what you were just saying, and that's for those Orthodox people out there who, who see a need to serve the local community, uh, step up and, and do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if God moves your heart, like don't, don't be shy, don't be afraid. Um, and whether it's even just serving in just adding a service in your church, um, you know, every, every community needs to be served A to Z. And every person at every spiritual level needs to be served you know, from, you know, those who are, you know, newborns in the spirit and need milk to those who are very advanced uh, in the spirit. Um, A church can't always do all that for everybody. So uh, sometimes it needs um, multiple churches, you know, one focused here, one focused there. Um, But the idea is that they all work together. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, the church... To me, there, there's 
kind of two types of churches. Do you gather? <laughs> or I'd say mm -hmm. three. Do you gather or do you scatter? Mm -hmm. um, and if you're in the middle, um, you might as well be with the, the scatters based on what Christ told us about those who are lukewarm. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So uh, every church needs to uh, be a church that gathers. Uh, and even at a personal level, I, I mean, we need to be people that try to, to gather. Um, when we started our church, uh, you know, there's a little um, trepidation there to see, are we, we, we didn't want to, you know, offend anybody by saying mm -hmm. your church isn't good enough. That's why we're starting right. a new one. Um, so we made sure, you know, to, to make it open, we invited everybody, anybody that wanted to come and, you know, we just said, hey, this is the, the need that we see, you know, we want to move forward and, um, you know, you could do it in a healthy way. So mm -hmm. uh, gather together. I I mean, I hope everybody in all our churches will gather together uh, in a healthy way. Um, and I hope the, the open house will continue in the following years and everybody will bring their ideas of how mm -hmm. they gathered. Absolutely. Uh, and we could share it in an open forum. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen to that. Amen to that. You, you, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, the, the goal is, I remember one time when I was, um, this was back several years ago when we were at a, a clergy meeting um, with His Holiness Pope Shenouda. And, you know, someone said something about this new church started close to me or something like that. And the Pope said, he said, we should be the happiest people when new churches start. Like he said, we we don't want to see 100 churches in North America. We want to see 500 churches or 600 churches or 700 churches. He said the goal is more churches because that means more people um, are finding the truth um, about who Christ is and about what his desire is to, for us all to be part of his eternal family. So I can't thank you enough for your time, John, and for sharing um, you know, this great information with our listeners. You know, I'm not I'm not just saying this to you, but I'm saying this to you and to everyone who out there who, who kind of has your heart. It's people like yourself um, who love the church and wish to see it grow. That's what drives us. OK, and that's why we started STSA Ministries. We feel like it's it's we we can't respond to every email. OK, and we can't, um, you know, set up phone calls with every single person who wants, um, you know, to do so. But what we can do is we can share simply what it is that we've done. And like you said, is you can take that, you can use it, and then you come back to us and you tell us how you made it better. Okay, so instead of everyone starting at ground zero, well, this is what we've done, take it, make it your own, make it better, and then come tell us. You know, the goal here for all of our churches, us, STSA Ministries, isn't to fill your cup necessarily with everything you need to know, but simply to empty our cup and tell you this is everything that we know and then we hope that everyone would have that uh, that same attitude. So thank you again, John. I appreciate very much your time. Hopefully, I'll see you. Um, I'll see you hopefully at the next open house. But hopefully, I'll even get a chance to see you sooner. Um, if you're ever in the D.C. area, you have to let me know. Absolutely, Father. It was a pleasure. Uh, and thank you again so much for the open house. Uh, looking forward to coming next year. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into this month's podcast. Be sure to like. Uh, and subscribe to the podcast, and also be sure to sign up for our email list on stsaministries.org. That's stsaministries.org. And may God bless you all, and may he bless you as you keep on bringing that ancient faith to your modern world. Thanks so much.